0: So we came because we heard about what was happening,
1: and our hearts were moved, and we wanted to come help however we can. Welcome back to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, a podcast where we take you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham, and today we wanted to take a minute to look back and share an old yet relevant episode. This episode highlights the incredible ministry that takes place through our Disaster Assistance Response Team, otherwise known as DART. Our DART has responded to more than 150 disasters around the world since 2008. The episode originally aired in June of 2021. This was when COVID was dominating the news. And since then, our capacity and our DART roster has grown substantially. Our roster of more than 2,000 trained disaster response specialists are continuing to serve in Jesus' name. These specialists they go into incredibly difficult and sometimes dangerous places. They go into war zones and other disaster areas to bring relief and healing in the midst of extreme heartache. This year alone, Samaritan's Purse has deployed more than 650 Dart members to disaster zones around the globe, including the response to the conflict in Ukraine. Uh, These teams are awesome. They're made up of doctors, engineers, nurses, water specialists, administrative coordinators, and so many more specialties. And and I love it because people go uh, with their specialty, but they don't just have one job description or spiritual gifting or personality. Uh, They make up, just like the body of Christ, um, a broad group, and they all have one commonality, These teams, they follow God's call in their lives, and they serve in some of the most difficult places on the planet. Places like Ukraine, where we've treated thousands of patients and distributed millions of pounds of food to families suffering from the ongoing conflict. Places like Puerto Rico, where Hurricane Fiona left so many without power and access to clean drinking water. On an island that is still recovering from storms in years past. Our DART were even serving Afghan families on military bases across the United States, um, long after the news of the Taliban takeover of their homeland was faded from the headlines. And even as I speak now, we have DART staff deployed to our country office in Syria. They're, they're helping to battle the ongoing cholera outbreak, as well as teams stationed at an emergency field hospital in the area. Uh, so whether it's serving in the wake of a global pandemic or constantly changing landscape of war, the mission of Samaritan's Purse has remained the same—to share the love and hope of Jesus Christ with a hurting world. And to get a better understanding, I sat down with Dave Holzhauer, the director of the International Disaster Response Unit for Samaritan's Purse, to hear how this program works and to learn more about what it takes to deploy these specialists.
2: So the DART stands for Disaster Assistance Response Team. And so essentially what the DART team does is the DART team is the one that responds to disasters around the world. So when you see something like a tsunami or an earthquake or war or famine, uh, it's the DART team that is sent from Samaritan's Purse to go respond uh, to the needs there on the ground.
1: hmm I think because of COVID and because of our emergency field hospitals being so in the spotlight, you know, this past year in New York City and Italy. And so people are aware of our hospitals. But as you mentioned, DART members get sent to other responses as well. So we think primarily medical. These people are all medical. But can you tell me who are these people representing in work?
2: Our most recent. Disaster responses have been medical responses, as you saw in mm-hmm. uh, Lenore in California at the two EFHs there. But when you think about what's happening in Ethiopia in, in our current DART, uh, medical is is one component, but we have a lot. We have uh, NFIs, which is non-food items. We have nutrition programs. We have food distribution. Uh, we have ministry programming um, to make sure that we're equipping the churches with, with ministry and evangelistic opportunities for the staff that are are there on the ground.
1: And so obviously medical, they have training, they have their specialty, but some people can become, their gifts, talents, and abilities can be used in many different areas.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we have, if you think of what it takes, you have have people from a business background who Mm -hmm. want to come in and do managerial or administration. You have engineers who come in and work on our water uh, mm-hmm. systems. We have electricians that come in and, and some will set up hospitals, some will help set up the base. We have, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, all the different trades we have. We have coming in from people from finance backgrounds. We have ex-bankers on, mm-hmm. on the roster. We have. Anything that you can think of mm-hmm. for the most part, we have security, um, we have HR mm-hmm. I mean all of these different functions, and that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone who's doing HR on a dart has mm-hmm. an HR background, mm-hmm. but they use their their skills from from whatever they were doing previously or maybe still be doing, and at most uh, and, and use those skills to fit into a certain role on dart. Our goal is to take people who are, are have a skill set and a heart for Uh, for sharing Christ, and we help plug them into the DART system and find a place for them.
1: Like Dave said, there are so many different types of people and abilities that are needed to serve on a DART. Each person is critical, and it's like the body of Christ, that there's one purpose, sharing the gospel, but there's so many different parts of the body that make that happen. Humanitarian work is important to us because it opens the door and it allows us in to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to hurting people. Ken Isaacs, the vice president of programs and government relations, broke down the sectors of humanitarian work through a biblical lens, and he shared how Samaritan's Purse strives to mirror the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke 10.
0: If you look at the parable of the Good Samaritan in the book of Luke, this guy's beaten, he's left in the ditch. Left for dead, and the holy men of the day, the, the they walk around him, and the social outcast, the Samaritan. He sees him, he takes pity on him, and he goes to him. The, the, those are important steps in this analysis. His compassion in his heart, and he went to him, and the first thing he did was he bandaged his wounds.
2: Mm.
0: That's medical, and he put him on the donkey. That's logistical. And he took him to the inn, where he took care of him. He would have gotten shelter. He would have gotten water. He would have gotten food. He would have gotten a blanket. Mm -hmm. And he left two coins for intermediate care. And in that parable, Christ described the six sectors of emergency response perfectly. Mm -hmm. So over the years, we have worked on developing the delivery capability of an emergency response team to the field with the incident command system. We have always been involved in emergency medical. Our first response in Somalia back in 1992 was essentially a medical response. It was, and then in Rwanda, it was a medical response and we reopened the central hospital of Kigali, but we weren't thinking that way exactly. And all we have actually done now is the DART, I imagine it is a four-wheel drive, big pickup. And we can put anything in it we want. And now, you know, we've got a shelter box that we can put in it. We've got the water box. We've got the, uh, this called NFI, non-food items. That would be like blankets and clothes. We can put food in it. Now we've got a medicine box that we can put in it. We're able to adjust uh, to what we need. And I want to see us be the best in the world at what we do.
1: I was actually able to attend one of these DART trainings, and I just was so impressed at the way that Samaritan's Purse truly equips people to be sent into the field. But we all know that the real training takes place in your first response, and many of the members talked about how they were able to recall things that they learned in training as they were in the field and put it into practice.
2: There's no better place to learn Mm -hmm. than actually deploying. And that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that we want to send people untrained, Mm -hmm. but it means that rather than trying to focus so much on this end of of you know what what would it be like to simulate a disaster is let's get you out there with some experienced people and let you you know grow in that way and so it's not only just a explanation of what dart is and what the different roles are but it's also a good chunk of it is showing what is Samaritan's Person, what is what is the goal, and what is the mission of Samaritan's Person. How does DART fit into that, and how has Dart helped drive that mission into the world? You never know
1: how much. Sometimes you have a week. Oftentimes, Dart training is the first boots on the ground perspective that people have of coming to Samaritan's Purse, coming to headquarters and their first interaction in real life and seeing what we're all about. So the excellence in which we do everything at Samaritan's Purse is shown even in DART training.
0: And those little things um, that I learned in training actually happened in, in the field. Uh, and so it was being ready to uh, meet needs and being ready to utilize tools that you learn in trading in the field.
2: We have a operations and logistics training. And so... You know, that's on top of the medical trainings and on top of shelter trainings. And so we're trying to to take people and develop them professionally within Samaritan Purse as well. It's not just get on a roster and sit still. It's get on the roster and then let's invest in you and you invest in us and
1: mm-hmm. grow together. Mm-hmm. And so speaking to that, I know you you're wanting to grow because there's been more responses. I mean, was this year the most darts that went on simultaneously? Or have you had multiple going on at once?
2: There's been multiple, but it's been busy. Mm -hmm. The the vision of Samaritan's Purse is to be able to respond to six disasters simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Four of those disasters being medical and two being non-medical. And uh, that's not six a year, that's six at any given time. Mm -hmm. So to be able to do that, we look and say, okay, what do we actually need as Samaritan's Purse to be able to pull that off. Mm-hmm. And so we, we crunched a lot of numbers. We looked at our past responses and we say, you know what, we need about 3,000 people on our roster to do that. So if we're looking at 1,350 right now, about uh, that's, you know, more than doubling the mm-hmm. size of what we have right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's it's an it's a challenge for sure because we, no one wants to grow just for the sake of growth. You know, a mm-hmm. num- you don't want to just have numbers. You want to have mm-hmm. Uh, quality applicants that are applying. And we want to have a really solid team uh, that's being sent out into the world that both represents Samaritan's Purse well, and that is also extremely effective in the field. And mm-hmm. to be able to manage six darts in the field, you have to be able to manage six imits, which we call you know, the incident management team, which is the team that supports a dart here at headquarters. Mm-hmm. So that also means growing our staff numbers and capacity to be able to support six here at IHQ, which is a massive undertaking. And so every time we grow in the field, that requires growth and development at IHQ. Mm-hmm. And SP should be the first people there, first people there uh, driving the response, you know, meeting the needs first on the ground. And so I think, hey, this is an incredible opportunity we have to, to be able to, to go into the world, like join mm-hmm. us in this, we need your help mm-hmm. in this.
1: In this past year, we've seen that God um, has allowed Samaritan's Purse the opportunity to serve in some pretty high capacities. And it's, I think, because of the faithfulness over the years. You know, uh, we talk a lot about here the David and Goliath. Like, the reason David could face Goliath is because of his faithfulness shepherding, right? Killing the lions and the bears and doing what he was called to faithfully and in obedience to God, he could go before Goliath. And I think that's what's happening. Like God has, we've stayed faithful to the gospel. You know, nothing has ever strayed there. And so God is giving us favor, but like you said, it requires faith. And so maybe, can you talk about that too? Just, you've been with Samaritan's Purse for a long time and you've, you've responded in so many different places. How have you seen God provide what you need when you didn't have it, maybe didn't even know how to ask to pray? But I think I just think of these bold asks people are making and it's because of the faithfulness of God over the past. So how have you been able to watch God's faithfulness to propel you forward?
2: There's not a response that we don't depend on God completely mm. for. And I think there's a temptation to think that it's something that uh, that is our, our own ability, our own skill, or our own smooth talking that will get us into a country or uh, open up doors for us and if, you know, we we look at, at the way God intervenes in countries where we normally wouldn't be welcomed and doors opened up to us. I mean, it's just the, there's so many that I think over the years, relationships have been fostered. I think we've stuck true to our mission and what we believe in and, and not compromise. And I think God rewards that. And mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that it's always going to be easy and mm-hmm. that it'll be smooth sailing from here. but. I believe that we are, I believe that the goal we're accomplishing is not something for our own glorification or for our own dreams. I think it's where God is leading us to Mm -hmm. be the biggest and the best in the world Mm -hmm. for his kingdom, not for our own kingdom.
1: Every time I sit down with one of our DART members, I'm just blown away with their stories and the way that God answers prayers. And sometimes they're prayers that they didn't even pray specifically. Dave shared one of these stories from 2017 when Hurricane Irma hit St. Martin.
2: We were the first plane to land and the airport wasn't even open, but there was a step of faith that was said like we're going to mm-hmm. we're going to take off and this guy who knows this guy who knows this guy who who owns the airport said he'll turn on the lights for us once he knows we're near, you know. And so they there was just a step of a faithfulness that comes from the and, and boldness, I think, that comes from our, our pilots that say, mm-hmm. we're going to do the same thing. It happened in Honduras. You know, we, the amount of faith it takes to take off and assume that you'll be able to land at a military base and then to see all the connections that started happening.
1: Yeah. And so these responses, and like you said, people step out in bold faith. And think Peter stepping out of the boat, you know, to walk with Jesus, like, He, out of all the disciples, had this desire to come out, you know, but then the wind and the storms came, you know, and then he fell because he took his eyes off Jesus, and I think that's what I see here. Um, The people that I get to talk to, it's humbling and it's overwhelming, and I think they're amazing, but they're just humble, ordinary servants that keep their eyes on Jesus. Um, So it doesn't mean that it's easy, and like you said, the storms are still coming, there's still obstacles, there's still things to be afraid of, but because— they're seeking the lord, um they're able to step out. And so coming on these responses, they're amazing, but I know that they come with a cost and they're hard. So I want to talk a little bit about member care and the reason that that came about, um and how so people listening, you're called to do some or, extraordinary things, but you're not doing it alone. So I want to I want you to talk to that and how your team keeps you fixed your eyes on Jesus, but also member care when you're asked to do these hard things, you're not alone. So, how how do your yeah. teams stay sustained and stay serving in really hard places?
2: If you if you go on darts and try to do it on your own strength, mm-hmm. you will fail. And you mm-hmm. may not fail day 1 or day 2, but you will be depleted of your strength and what you perceive as your own wisdom very rapidly. And mm-hmm. I think one that's one thing that uh it is a temptation to, to rely on your own strength and to get out there and to just say, you know, there's the, the needs are overwhelming. There's so much to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to get out there and do, 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 you know. And the first thing we do in darts is devos every morning. And uh, and that's a priority that no matter where you are in the world, you wake up and do devos. And that may be a five-minute devo, maybe a 30-minute devo, but it's that adjusting and saying, no matter what happens today, our focus is on Christ. And, like, that's, that's our foundation is— We need him to get through this day. The Lord sustains you. If he calls you to do something, he will equip you. The sleep didn't matter. The place I slept didn't matter. Even the working conditions didn't matter because you pause and you realize that the Lord has been preparing you all your life to do this for such a time as what he has brought you to. You also have member care on darts that says that are walking with you and say, I recognize that this is a really tough time. And mm-hmm. so I think, I think member care is one of the hardest jobs at Samaritan's Purse because they help carry the weight that our DART members are carrying. And, mm-hmm. and uh, that's not an easy thing to do. It's a mm-hmm. very hard thing to do. But we want to preserve our DART staff for as long as, you, as, long as they're able to serve with us. And we recognize the, the physical toll that DARTs take We recognize a spiritual toll emotional toll and so when you have member care there to help staff say here's here's good ways to re-enter when you go home people who went to mosul for a month and were watching you know people or bodies of people who had been killed by snipers coming into the hospital or children or parents and grandparents and and then they get on a plane and come home and get off at o'hare and Mm. you know you're staying in front of starbucks it's like you're overwhelmed and don't know what to do and Mm -hmm. how to process this. And so our team is working on making sure that we foster community even outside of DART. It's about creating a community that is, that is a family. And I mean, you go through the experience with people and people that I've known, my, I know people I've known for two years I'm closer with, than I've known for the last 20 years because Mm of, I mean, those experiences will draw you and and bond you in ways that you never in a million years would have imagined. Mm -hmm. And so, Um, we want to make sure that people are equipped on the field and off the field to deal with Mm -hmm. what they see and to, um, because you will be emptied pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if if you leave for a dart and you're not in the place you need to be spiritually with the Lord, you're going to struggle. And it may not happen on day one or two, but you will hit tough times and Mm -hmm. you need to be in a place where you are pouring out into people who are suffering incredibly mm-hmm. and not dependent on other people to be able to necessarily pour into you because this is a time for our staff to be able to pour into others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, want, we want our focus to be on them uh, and, and on, you know, you can't go out and share the gospel truly from an authentic place if you're not in a good place to do that to begin with.
1: Mm-hmm. These responses truly change you. We do our best to equip the team before, during and after a response, but it's God who ultimately transforms each individual.: It's very raw. The field is just very raw because you see this fundamental basic human needs. Um, and ultimately the most important one, as I already said, is, is you know, people's spiritual, um, spiritual lives and, and their eternal life. It, it's just life-changing. Mm-hmm. Man, it gives you such a different perspective on the world. The work that we do is hard. It's difficult, and it brings you to your weakness and to points where you, you don't know if you can do it again. And I love 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 11, that talks about this. It says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. This is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. And as believers, we all have access to this strength in Christ. We all have this supernatural power that we can call on in times of, of difficulty. And so, whether you're serving on a dart or you're at home like me, and summers can be hard without routine and kids home all the time, and so I need to rely on that grace and sufficiency every single day. And so I encourage you to tap into that power, whatever you're doing, whether you're at work, whether you're traveling, whether you're at home, um, tap into that sufficient power that Christ gives.
0: What, what keeps me going on these darts, uh, what keeps me going on these responses is working with a group of like-minded Christian people that will support each other uh, all day long, all evening all morning we're supporting each other and having that common group of people supportive of each other and then if something comes up we will go and we will get in prayer and we will work collectively in prayer to work through those problems knowing that uh jesus christ is going to be represented in everything you do um what could be better than that you know if the son of man be lifted up he will draw all men unto himself and if we're lifting him up, then we're doing what we're supposed to do. We're not lifting up a man or an organization. We're lifting up Jesus Christ himself. Mm-hmm. And that's the key.
2: I think God takes experiences you've had and intertwines them into your life in ways that you never would have predicted. And and I think he He does things that allow you to experience humanity at its most broken moments mm-hmm. and at the most beautiful moments and, and I think when you can experience both sides of those like that's the like the human experience the, mm-hmm. the ability to be fully alive I think you have to embrace like the worst and the best and mm-hmm. like I think that's what dart allows you to do
1: As members of our team return from the field for much needed rest and reprieve from responding in Jesus name on a dart I often get a chance to sit down and talk to them about their experience, and every response is different. Every team member is different, but at the same time, there's a common thread, and it is the total dependence on God and the way that our staff meets enormous needs in time of crisis. I love hearing testimonies. I love talking to our DART members, and I'm always challenged and encouraged by their obedience and surrender to the Lord. And the reason that they're able to leave and they're willing to leave and their families support them at a moment's notice traveling into danger is because they abide in Christ. They are daily remaining and abiding in Him. Uh, You may be able to go on a response and go a couple days on your own strength, but any more than that, you can't. You need to rely on the Lord and abide in Him. And you have to do it before a deployment, during a deployment, and after. Um, And this willingness to lay down their life for their neighbors Uh, to share the gospel. They truly go to the ends of the earth to meet physical needs so that they can share the good news and the hope of Jesus Christ. Just as our Father loved them, they can love their neighbor. And I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. If you have a friend or a family member that came to mind that you think would enjoy being on a dart, praying or supporting, I encourage you to share it with them or leave it on your social media, or, or leave us a review so that more people can hear this podcast. Uh, we say it all the time, but the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. We have so much work to do, and we need people to accomplish it. So we'd love for you to, to join our DART roster. Thank you so much for listening, and let's be intentional this week to pray for, for how God may be calling you personally to serve, whether serving on a DART or, or loving someone in your own neighborhood. But also be praying for our dark teams that are serving right now um, in disaster zones and during heartache. Uh, Just be praying that the Lord would carry them, protect them, but more importantly, help them to point people to Jesus during these dark times. Thank you so much and have a great week.